0: You are listening to the official podcast of the Mission Redlands. We are a growing community living out God's radical love. Man, there's a heavy presence. I don't know if you felt it this morning, but, um, but yeah, I, uh, I feel that, um, I feel just the heaviness in this place, and I don't know how, I don't know if it has to do with everything that's been happening in our nation this week. I don't know how it could not, but, um, but um, I don't know if you've sensed it. And, uh, you know, um, we try to laugh and joke and have fun and, you know, like sing, you know, like powerful, fun songs to Jesus, you know, and stuff. But also like family grieves together, you know. Like when you're going through something, family is the one, you know. Hopefully, whether it's your blood family or your friend family or 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 whatever, you know. For some people, it's their work family. You know, when your when your heart is heavy, you turn to family. You know, and uh, so I, I kind of just feel like that's what's going on this morning. Is that um, you know we are, you know, there's a there's a heaviness this morning and. And you know, rightfully, rightfully so. We're, we've all uh, gone through a lot the last few years, and um, man, uh, just do me a favor. If you've if if you've struggled at all this week with what happened in Texas, and just in your prayers and in your heart, and just kind of been uneasy about it, would you just lift your hand? Yeah, yeah. Lots of people, lots of people. Um, We did an impromptu prayer night on Wednesday, prayer and worship night, just because of that. Um, Lots of people struggling. Um, And, you know, I think, just like I said, you know, like one of the most helpful things we can do is offer you opportunities to pray together and to worship together, and to, you know, be joyous together, and grieve together, and uh, so that's what we've been striving to do, and I have to admit that my heart has been real heavy this week, Um, and I needed to pray and worship on Wednesday just as bad as anybody else. You know, I needed to cry out to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't understand. I just don't understand, but I trust you. I love you, and I trust you. And um, and last week um, we talked about a few things, but we talked about stepping out and taking a risk in um, in prayer and and in using your spiritual gifts. And uh, I definitely have have seen uh, some people stepping out in their in their gifts and, and, and taking a risk and uh, and man, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing. And, and, and I believe that the Lord just smiles upon it. Um, but sometimes, uh, sometimes when we stretch out and begin to really use our, our gifts, it can feel overwhelming and it can be, uh, it can begin to feel like a lot and it can feel, start to feel tense, you know, and, um, and uh, Teresa had no idea what I was speaking on this morning, but we're going to talk about Elijah, (laughs) right? So that's how you know the spirit is doing something is if we didn't talk and we both went to Elijah, like, come on that, like, if we both went to Jesus, that could be a coincidence, but, but Elijah, you know, uh, but so there's no coincidence this morning is that somebody somebody needs to hear this, and this is a word that the Lord gave me at the prayer and worship night, and I just felt like I wanted to share it with you guys this morning. So when you begin to step out and use your spiritual gifts, whether it's you, be, you begin to intentionally pray for someone uh, daily, or you begin to uh, stretch out and um, you know you feel like the Lord gives you maybe a word to share with someone like, and you don't, uh, you don't hesitate. You, you step out and you do it. Like when you begin to step out into the things that God has called you to do, it can begin to feel overwhelming after a while, and it can begin to feel heavy, but it's so, so good. Um, Elijah was a prophet in the, in the, in the Old Testament and, um, we don't know a ton about Elijah because it just kind of picks up um, in, a, in um, 1 Kings 17. But Elijah's name means my God is Yahweh. That's what Elijah means. My God is Yahweh. There, his name is a declaration. I just love that. My name means healer. And I always thought that was kind of cool until I saw Elijah's name. And then I was like, dang. He's got a way better name than me, but, um, like, is is 43 too old to change your name? Like, probably, right? Okay. All right. Um, Anyway, so Elijah's name means my God is Yahweh, and so uh, at this point, like T said, um, Israel is worshiping other gods. They, they, have, uh, they have pulled back from the God of Israel, and uh, they're worshiping other gods, and there's a king there named Ahab, and so God sends Elijah to Ahab, says, um, you know, there's not going to be any more rain in Israel until my word, until I say so, until, until God says so, and so there begins to be a drought, and, and because of that, Elijah has to go into hiding, and uh, he's known as the troublemaker of Israel. Who, who's a holy troublemaker in the house? Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, Paul, you didn't raise your hand. I know you're a troublemaker. Um, but um, so Elijah's known as the as uh, the troublemaker of Israel, and and uh, and so he has to go into hiding because of because he prophesied this drought. And he was, you know, he was worried for his own safety, and so, um, you know, Israel had begun worshiping other gods. Like I said, one of them being Baal, and uh, the other Asherah, and uh, that this drought was all-consuming in Israel, and, uh, you know. Uh, Lots of stuff happens. We, we should do a whole series on Elijah's story at one time. Like I, I want to do that. But I really feel strongly about this one point in Elijah's story um, today. And so uh, Elijah, uh, God does a lot of really cool things through Elijah while he's in hiding. He actually um, brings a, a woman's son back uh, back to life. And God uses Elijah in hiding. But one day, Elijah, uh, God comes to Elijah and says, go to Ahab. Ahab's been looking for him everywhere. And not the white whale Ahab either, like, like the, the king of Israel at this time. And, I mean, I don't think they're the same, right? No. Right. Okay. So, um, so yeah. So God tells Elijah, go, go find Ahab. Even though he's been looking for you everywhere and can't find you, go to him and, and tell him rain is coming. And so Elijah does. And so all of this is centered around rain coming back and, and, and reviving Israel. But it's really bigger than that. It's about a heart of Israel that has shifted from God one god yahweh to other gods and so this great showdown begins who knows the story of elijah you know what's coming right so elijah comes to ahab and says hey rain is coming and i want to show you uh and i want to show all the people right that um the god yahweh is the one true God. And so so he invites the prophets of Baal, and he invites the prophets of Ashira, and he invites all of Israel to come meet him on this mountain, right? And uh, so he's like, okay, you prophets of of Baal, uh, we'll get two bulls, right? And, and this is back in the time of sacrifices. So we'll get two bulls and you prepare yours and I'll, and I'll prepare mine and uh, we'll get some wood and everything, but just don't light the fire. Just don't light the fire, okay um, let's let's see which God will will light the fire and so prophets of Baal do their thing. They get their bull on the, on the wood, on the, all the, on the offering table. And uh, they begin to call out to, to their God and they begin to dance before their God. And hours go by, hours go by. And so uh, Elijah starts to mock them, which is kind of funny. Like he's like, I love the guts of Elijah. Like he, he, he just has this thing where he, he just is so like faithful to God like there's no doubt in his mind in this moment that God is is the one true God and he will prove himself so and so he's like oh well maybe maybe your God is sleeping maybe you better go wake him up maybe he slept through his alarm or or maybe he's in the bathroom like it actually says that like maybe he's relieving himself like Elijah's just like mocking these dudes and so they escalate their calling on their gods, and and so the prophets of Baal begin to just dance harder and chant harder, and and they actually, according to their customs, begin to cut themselves to where the blood rushes out, right, And, and, and so it goes on like this for a super long time, and nothing, nothing, right, nothing, and this is where we pick up the story of Elijah. So, see, I feel like this is, this is really important because Elijah's faith at this moment is unshakable. His faith is in God that God is going to provide and prove himself. The one true God is unshakable. So we're going to pick up at uh, 1 Kings 18 verse 30. I'm reading from the NLT if you want to. Read from there. Um, I think we're going to have it on the screen here. Yeah, thanks, Faith. Um, so, First Kings eighteen thirty through forty. That's what we're going to read right now. Then Elijah called to the people. See, see, the Baal, Baal prophets have been going, going, going. They're cutting the blood is everywhere, and nothing, nothing, no fire is coming down to the, to consume the offering. And so, in verse verse thirty, Elijah calls to the people, "Come over here." They all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that he that had been torn down. He took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel, and he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench. Around the altar, large enough to hold about three gallons. And he piled wood on the altar and cut the bull into pieces and laid the pieces on the wood. And then he said to them, Fill four large jars of water and pour the water over this, over the offering and the wood. So pour the water, something we're trying to set on fire. We're tr- something we're trying to set on fire. Don't miss this. Like, what happens if you try to light a fire and you get the wood wet? It, it, yeah, it's not going to light, right? A- at least right away or anything like that. So pour four large jars of water and pour it over the offering and the wood. After they had done this, he said, do the same thing again. Elijah's faith is unshakable. Do the same thing again. And when they were finished he said, "Now do it a third time." Three times. So they did as he said, and the water ran around the altar and filled the trench. At the usual time for offering the evening sacrifices, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, "O oh Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all of this at your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. Basically, right there, he's saying you've brought them back to yourself because there are no other gods above you, right? So 38, this is where it gets real good. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench And when all the people saw it, when all the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord, he is God. Then Elijah commanded, Seize all the prophets of Baal. Don't let a single one escape so that people seize them all. And Elijah took them down uh, to the Kushna Valley and killed them there. Man, Elijah's faith is unshakable at that moment. Th- throw the water on the wood. Throw the water on the sacrifice. Now do it again. Now do it again. Right? Unshakable. And this whole thing is about, is is so that the people who have been worshiping Baal and, and the other gods know that the one, that Yahweh is the one true God. And that rain is coming. That rain is coming. And then in verse 41, it says this, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. How good is that? How good is that? I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of, the mount, of mount Carmel and bowed low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. And then he said to his servant, go and look out towards the sea. The servant went and looked, then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times, Elijah told him to go look. This right here is an example of faithfulness in prayer. After the first time, Elijah didn't go like, okay, well, God's not doing it today, um, you know we'll try another day or or like after the third time Elijah didn't didn't stop he knew his face his his faith was unshakable because he knew that the lord had a rain in store god had told him and so seven times he sends the servant out to go look finally the seventh time the servant told him i saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand, I have like gorilla hands, so this isn't a normal size hand, but just think about it, like if it was maybe like that, but, um, but, but the size of a man's hand rising from the sea, so a little cloud, like this big, right? The size of a man's hand. Then, that's all Elijah needed, that's all he needed. Then Elijah shouted, hurry, to Ahab and tell him, climb into your chariots and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought a terrific rainstorm and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. That's, that's That's important. The Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. So here's Elijah, right? He's been in hiding for a while. He's doing uh, some, some things for God, but all of a sudden he is... Coming out of hiding, and the Lord is asking him to step out in boldness. And Elijah meets the Lord with unshakable faith in Yahweh. And I, like, there have been times in my life where I have felt like my faith in Yahweh was unshakable, and that there are things. Um, you know trying to sway my faith in Yahweh and, and trying trying to deter me from stepping out into my gifts and taking a risk right and 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 i'm not having any of it there are, there's been seasons like that for me but verse 3 something very strange happens. Jezebel, verse 3 in chapter 19, Jezebel gets word of what Elijah did, that he killed all the prophets of her God. And uh, she swears to kill him. Now, Elijah, let's just run it down. Elijah watched God set fire, so much fire, to an offering and to wood that was covered in water. And it consumed it all. And everybody recognized the holy moment around them and fell face down right before the Lord. Right? They recognized the holy moment. Then he goes and prays with his head between his knees that there would be rain. And he prays and he prays and he sees it. The skies turn black, right? There have been seasons like that for me. But also, Elijah gets a threat on his life from Jezebel. And in verse 3, it says the very first three words, the very first sentence, rather, verse 3 of chapter 19 Elijah was afraid. And fled for his life. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. Elijah stepped out into what the Lord was calling him to, to do. The Lord uh, provided these miraculous things. He met the people. He brought them back into himself the rain came, the drought is over, and a threat comes on Elijah's life, and he's afraid and runs. For me, those two things don't fully add up. But I've been there. I don't know why it adds. I don't know why it doesn't add up. But I've been there. So let's look at what happens to Elijah next. He flees for his life. In verse 3, he went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there, and then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day, and he sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. And verse 5, five starts with Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. See, I've been also where. Elijah is now. I've been in the moment where my faith is unshakable, and I'm not having any of the enemy's tricks, and then all of a sudden, something that doesn't seem like that big a deal comparatively to what God has already done comes along, and I'm shaken, and I'm tired, and I'm like, Lord, I can't take another step. And so right there is usually where shame creeps in. The enemy uses the tool of shame to speak to us and said, but didn't you see where, where, what God already did for you? Like, why, why are you all down in the dumps now? You know, why, why, why are you like this? shame creeps in, and, and, and when we begin to accept shame is when we begin to go down a dark path. And so Elijah's here, and he wants to die. The dude is, is suicidal, which doesn't make sense after what he's just seen God do, but he's overextended. He's, he's, he's used his gifts And he's done what God has said, and it's cost him. I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But here's the thing. God doesn't shame us in these moments. If you've ever been in a moment like this where you have been vulnerable and you have been emotional and maybe a little illogical, like things aren't adding up, God does not come in with shame. God comes in to be close to you. So Elijah lay down and slept under the broom tree, but as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him to get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on a hot stone in a jar of water. So he ate and drank, and he laid down again. The Lord is coming close, meeting him in this moment. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, for the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and ate and drank, and the food gave him strength enough to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai. The mountain of God. There, he came to a cave where he spent the night. Amen. And anybody who knows the story of Elijah knows what happens next. The Lord comes close to Elijah, and he and and he comes close not only uh, in a you know spectacle or miracle, but he comes. Close in a whisper. He didn't, he wasn't in the wind when he came. He wasn't in the fire when he came. He was in the whisper. And so here's what I want to say to you today is that if you're feeling weary, if you're in a place where you're asking God how long, O oh Lord? How long, O oh Lord? It's okay. Because God will be faithful to you. And he will come close to you. And he will comfort you when you are weak. And he will strengthen you when you need strength to carry on. There's a saying that I really like about being current with someone. Like, let's say Freddie and I have had uh, an argument or whatever, or and I walked away offended. You know, sometimes we just leave these things unaddressed, but being current with someone means... Like, I go to Freddie and say, hey, man, I value you as a friend. I love you as a brother. Like, what you said really offended me, and I just wanted to let you know. And I get current with my actual, real feelings with Freddie. And so sometimes I think we need to be encouraged to get current with God. We don't need to put on a face where our in-the-moment where our faith is unshakable. Um, we don't need to put on a face like we're there when we're not actually there. Being vulnerable with God, being current with God is what he wants because he will meet you. He will meet you in the simple things. You guys know like you can get anything on Amazon, right? What's the, somebody shout out the weirdest thing you ever bought on Amazon. Bad idea. Okay, maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, I so literally, I I my son has uh, my youngest son has all of a sudden developed an interest in pitching, and uh, and so like literally Friday I ordered him a baseball that has finger positions for pitching on it. And, um, so that he can learn different pitches or whatever. I ordered it on Friday. I was at my house on Saturday, you know, like you can get anything on Amazon, but here's the deal is a lot of the stuff you can get is junk. Like, who knows that? Like, like you you can buy something for five bucks, but it's going to be like in pieces or not worth it. Or, you know, in, in like, you know, Two weeks or, or whatever, and so here's the thing I love about this passage is that God meets him, meets Elijah in the simple things, in the proven things. God meets Elijah with water and bread. Those things are sustainable. Those things are uh, like, like what, like how did God feed? the Israelites in the desert, right? Like bread from the sky, right? Bread is like a proven, long-lasting source of nourishment, right? Except for I can't eat it because I'm gluten-free, but you know what I mean, right? Most people can. Water. There's somebody in here that your wife has been telling you to drink more water for forever, Right. I'm not going to call out any names. It's not Jonah, because if you've ever seen Jonah's water bottle, it's 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 massive. It's awesome. I love it. Jonah drinks a lot of water, but water is the best thing you can drink to rehydrate. And God meets. Elijah, I almost said Jonah, (laughs) Elijah, in the simple, proven things And through these things, Elijah regains his strength. And this is the second time that God has given Elijah supernatural strength. On this water and bread, Elijah goes for 40 days and for 40 nights all the way to the top of the mountain to meet God. Right. So so when God meets you in the simple things, when God supplies your needs, when God provides for you, it's better than anything else that could that you could provide for yourself. The simple things that God gives you will give you more strength to carry on in His strength than anything you could do in your own strength. And that's why it's so important to be vulnerable before God. It's because when we're vulnerable before God, we can't we, we confess that we need him. We need his strength. We need his words. I was up in my office frantically praying, God, Lord, I need you to speak this morning. Like, I don't want to speak this morning. You need to speak this morning. I need your words. I need your strength. Like, the simple things God meets us in the simple things and he doesn't bring shame when we're discouraged and down he meets us he comforts us and he comes close and encourages us and he provides in ways that we could never provide for ourselves, even in the simple things bread and water aren't flashy It's not flashy, but it's the way that the Lord chose to meet and provide for Elijah, and it's beautiful. And so I want to encourage you as the worship team comes now to open yourself up to the simple encouragements of God. Open yourself up to be vulnerable before God. Say, just cry out, Lord, I don't know how much longer I can go. I don't know how much longer. I don't know if I can actually even take another step. Get current with God and watch him come close to you and watch him provide for you. It may not be flashy. Sometimes I think we dismiss simple things that God wants to do because they're not flashy. Today I want to invite you to embrace the simple things. Today I want to invite you to embrace a vulnerable conversation with God. Today, I want to invite you to allow God to nourish you and bring you strength and come close to you, even if you're in a moment of despair. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you that you don't, uh, you may uh, convict our hearts, Lord, but you don't uh, you you are not a god of shame, you don't bring shame, Lord. So Lord, I pray for anyone in this room who's struggling right now, who's downcast, who feels uh, like they've been stepping out in their gifts, Lord, for you, for your kingdom and In a simple turn, they found themselves just empty and just in need. Lord, I pray you come close to those folks right now. I pray that you provide for them, Lord. I pray that you restore them. Lord, when things don't make sense, like, like they don't make sense right now lord let us just let's just choose you lord let us ch- choose you let us come to you in 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 our vulnerability because you're a father you're a father that doesn't buy the the cheap junk on Amazon, like you love to give good gifts. And you meet us in the simple things. You nourish us. And you give us strength beyond our own. So Lord, I pray that for those people right now. I pray that for myself right now. But we love you. We want you to be the center of this room. All praise King Jesus. Jesus, we know that you were even in a moment like that before the cross. And yet you had the strength to be vulnerable with God and say, Lord, say, God, if there's any other way. That doesn't mean I have to go to this cross. But even still, your will be done. Lord, thank you for our friend and Savior, Jesus, who felt every emotion that we do. Thank you for being an example to us, Jesus. We love you. We look up to you. We honor you. We praise you in this place. Be the center of this room now in Jesus' name. Amen. You are listening to the official podcast of The Mission Redlands. For more information, visit us at themissionredlands.com.